this week's episode of the Poitras Ponderings podcast, a place to pause, ponder, and project. One of the most powerful forces on earth is the power of unity. You are going to want to hear what Jim has for us this week. Jim tackles the subject of unity. If unity is powerful, then so is disunity. We want to make sure that we tap into the power of unity. So I turn this podcast over to our host, Jim Poitras. Hello, everybody. This is Jim Poitras with the Poitras Ponderings Podcast. In my spare time, I have the privilege of teaching occasionally at two different colleges and in some of my courses and if any of my students are listening to this podcast episode I doubt it but if you happen to be listening you are very familiar that on a regular basis I have what I call checkpoints in my classes it's a regular feature just like a comprehension check or a little quiz to make sure that we're all on the same page, hopefully, if that's possible. So today on the Poitras Ponderings podcast, I'll start with a checkpoint, and the checkpoint is for me, Jim Poitras. I want to go ahead and check up on my relationships, my relationship with my wife, very good. My relationship with my family, very good. My relationship with my workplace, very good. My relationship with my church and my pastor and the pastoral team and the members of our congregation and other leaders in the local church, very good. My relationship with my friends, how about my friendships? How are they doing today? Very good. How is my ministry doing today? Very good. We're preparing for the School of Missions. How is that coming along? Very good. So on the checkpoint, everything is moving along very good today. So I think it's very safe for me to go ahead and talk about the power of unity. Since I'm not experiencing disunity today or at the moment or this week, It's very safe for me to go ahead and talk on this podcast episode about the power of unity, the unshakable power of unity, the unbeatable power of unity. A group of kids were asked one day, what do they think about love? And Carl, age five, said, love is when a girl puts on perfume And love is when a boy puts on aftershave and they go out together and they smell each other. Thank you, Carl, age five, for that. Billy, age four, what does he think about love? He said, when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. I think that about unity, and I really want that to be the principle that guides me 
in my relationships with my friends and family and my co-workers and my church friends as well, the family of God, I want your name to be safe in my mouth. I want your name to be safe in my mouth. The power of unity. The scripture says uh, in the book of Psalms, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. I like that, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to live together in unity. I like that word, brothers. It's a family picture. It's a, a family motive. And uh, we all know that sometimes it's not always easy to love every member of our immediate or extended family. And occasionally, it's that way in the church as well, my dear friends, the family of God. It's not always easy to go ahead and love everyone, those that we consider to be part of our family, but how good and pleasant it is when a family, when brothers live together, they dwell together in unity. It's like a story I heard of two porcupines out in the cold. They need each other and they also needle each other. Sometimes we're just like that, porcupines in the very wintry cold. We do need each other, but occasionally we do needle each other. Years ago, I worked with our churches in Nigeria, and there was a, a young man there. We were both young at the time, in our early 20s. And uh, the young man was my best friend on the field. And I don't know why it happened, but there was something that happened that caused a bit of a problem with our relationship. I used to think that if I couldn't work with everybody, if I couldn't work with somebody, I'd be able to at least work around the person. But in working relationships, that's not always possible. That's not always feasible, and that's not advisable, just to learn how to work around people that you don't like, or you don't agree with, or you're not united with. So something happened, and my friend, I'll just call him Tom, in case he's listening to this podcast episode, but I don't think he would have minded if I used his real name. But it was getting close to Easter, I remember that very well, and I was to preach in the Central Church that particular Sunday morning, which would be Easter Sunday, and I was preparing an excellent, excellent message. And I can't sing, but the message also went along with the song, and it was a song by Ray Boltz, and the song was called, Does He Still Feel the Nails? And the message was going to be called, Does He Still Feel the Nails? Now, I don't expect that you all remember or know of that song because uh, it was many, many years ago. It seems like many, many years ago. But the song went something like this, Does He Still Feel the Nails Every Time I Fail? 
Does he hear the crowd cry crucify again? Am I causing him pain? Then I know I've got to change. I just can't bear the thought of hurting him. It seems that I'm so good at breaking promises and I treat his precious grace so carelessly. Does he still feel the nails every time I fail? I was getting ready to preach this super amazing and anointed message that particular Easter Sunday. I had a song that went with it. I was so pleased with the way things were going until the Lord asked me a question. The question was, are you really going to preach that message while you've got a problem with your friend, your close brother? Are you going to have the audacity to preach? Does he still feel the nails when you are at odds with your brother? So I know that you never do it in the Poitras Ponderings podcast episode, but I was young, I was naive, so I argued with the Lord. And I said, but Lord, it's not all my fault. It's his fault. And then it went to, well, it's almost all his fault and maybe just a little bit my fault. And the Lord reminded me that I have to deal with the fault that is mine. And even if it were to be all my friend's fault, and I am bringing a gift to the altar, and I remember that my brother has a problem with me, that I need to leave that altar place and go and attempt to make things right with my brother. Does he still feel the nails every time I fail? Does he hear the crowd cry crucify again? There are some times that I just have to change, that I have to repent of the attitudes that I have, the perspective I have, with other people. So I had a meeting with Tom that day and he cried and I cried and our relationship was restored once again between me and my very good friend because it is good and it's pleasant when brothers dwell together, they live together, when friends live together and they do that in unity. I know that it's common for there to be leadership bashing that goes on, but I also think, and again, I'm safe because I'm thinking of no one. I'm not experiencing a problem with unity or disunity myself at this particular moment. So I think it's pretty safe for me to go ahead and talk about body bashing. When a person goes ahead and criticizes and says things against the church or concerning the body of Christ, couldn't we label that body bashing? Body bashing. The problem that I see with body bashing is probably a number of different things. Number one, we should not bash what we want our family and friends to attend. So I can't really 
be involved in body bashing at my local church or my district or my national organization or global organization and then expect for my family and my friends to want to be a part of that and to attend. It happened to me one time that we were with a group of people and something was being discussed, things were being said, and there was somebody there that wasn't serving the Lord at the time. And I thought, wow, we need to be so careful because we are hoping that this particular individual who's not serving God right now, that they will be part of the church. And so when we get caught up with body bashing, we can't really expect our friends and families to want to attend that. Number two, we can't bash who we want our friends and our family to be ministered to by. We can't bring someone down and then expect that my family and my friends are going to want to be ministered to by that person. That's why it's good to invite pastor for lunch, but never have pastor for lunch because our dinner table conversations are so important and we want to uphold the ministry and the body of Christ and the church. So we don't bash what we want our friends and family to be ministered to by. Because number three, we need to remember that they are part of the body, the Lord's body. And we are also part of the one self-same body. We are part of the Lord's body as well. So since we're part of the body, we will not speak against other parts of the body because we're part of the same body. Number four, I was once in a location where somebody that I work closely with was doing a phenomenal job uh, teaching. And somebody said to me, he's actually getting better than you are, or some comment like that. And before I could even think about breaking his legs spiritually, or emotionally, or with my words, the person that was doing the teaching made this statement, we don't compete with one another, we complete one another. And that is so true when it comes to the body. We're not all the same, but we are part of the same body. We don't compete with one another, we complete one another. That's why we have the fivefold ministry of the church. I know some talk about the fourfold ministry of the church. Whether you believe in a fourfold ministry or a fivefold ministry, that's really up to you. But uh, we're part of the body, and the ministry is there, gifts to the church to minister to us. And we don't compete with other ministries that are different than us. We complete one another. Number five, we know that the Apostle Paul often dealt with unity in the church. So number six, we have to fight for our unity in the body. We have to fight for our unity in the family. We've got to do that. We're in a battle to maintain that unity. And number seven, when the church is of one mind, when we are in unity, when we are in one mind, in one place, there is nothing that can stop 
the church. Absolutely nothing can stop the church. Years after my time of working with the Nigerian church, I went on to another country, another place. I like to say whether in the spirit or out of the spirit, I cannot tell, but there was a problem going on there, and the problem was with unity among the brethren. And uh, I knew that there was a unity problem, and I went to the Lord, and I thought, I know that I could really correct this with a great series of lessons on unity, and unity will be restored. Maybe a great series of messages, and unity will be restored. Maybe a seminar, maybe a conference on unity. And uh, as I continue to talk to the Lord about that, the Lord asked me to go ahead and start a prayer meeting, to have a prayer meeting. Because when you are praying together with your brothers and sisters, it's very difficult to have disunity in the midst of prayer. It's also very difficult to have disunity in the midst of communion. It's difficult to have disunity in the midst of foot washing as we humble ourselves before the Lord and our brothers in Christ. But uh, the Lord prompted me to go ahead and start a very strong prayer effort. And as we started to pray together, unity was restored to the church. Well, as I mentioned in the beginning of the Poitras Ponderings podcast, where we pause, we ponder, and we project everything's good with me right now with unity. But I'm going to keep these thoughts in mind, this podcast episode in mind, the next time that disunity creeps through the door in my family, in my workplace, in my church, in my friendships, in my marriage, in my ministry, I'm going to remember some of the points mentioned here today. I will not bash what I want my friends and family to attend and be part of. I will not bash what I want my friends and family or who I want my friends and family to be ministered by. I will remember that they're part of the body. I'm part of the body. It's the same body. I'll also remember that we do not compete with one another. We complete one another. And I will recall that in the epistles, Paul often battled against disunity and he dealt with the subject of unity in the church. I want to go ahead and fight for the unity in the church because I know when the church is of one mind, nothing can absolutely stop the church. And after all, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together, to live together in unity. So let's make a deal. Your name is safe in my mouth. God bless. This is the Poitras Ponderings Podcast. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you in Jesus' name. Let unity prevail in the church and in your lives. Let us be unified and overcome this world through the unity of the body. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.